has promised full cooperation to the Mueller team. He's prepared to testify, we are told by a confidant, against President Trump, against members of the Trump family, and others in the White House. He is prepared to testify that President Trump, as a candidate, Donald Trump, ordered him, directed him to make contact with the Russians, which contradicts all that Donald Trump has said at this point. As well, we're told that Flynn made the decision to cooperate only in the last 24 hours, that he is distraught about the decision, but feels he's doing the right thing for his country, that he was facing right. huge legal bills of more than a million dollars. So on Friday morning... Friday morning, you lie. So Friday morning, Sean hands me his uh, his cell phone. Says, "Look at this, just came across." Oh, Brian yeah. Ross saying, "Flynn is prepared to testify that candidate Trump directed him to go talk to the Russians." And I said, "Go get says, some colluding going." I said, "Holy crap, this is a big deal." The markets dropped three hundred points on that news. Go. Because it was a very big deal. The markets recovered later in the day when we all found out that was crap. Right. <laughs> that report from Brian Ross was crap. Now, here's what here's a couple interesting things about it. And I'm building up to the ABC News chief, chief chewing out his news staff yesterday over this appropriately. You're not hearing about this anywhere. <laughs> Nobody's talking about it. Um, okay, that's fine. I'm not sure NBC News needs to talk about a mistake ABC made, or I don't know how much ABC needs to point out their own mistake. But I'll tell you this. If Fox had made that big a mistake, you think it would get much attention anywhere? You think people would be talking about it and calling Fox fake news and any of that? Well, yeah, I just... The idea of objective news is practically dead. ABC News President James Goldston yesterday talking to his news staff. I don't think ever in my career have I felt more rage and disappointment and frustration that I felt through this weekend and through the last half of Friday. I don't even know how many times we've talked about this, how many times we've talked about the need to get it right, that how we have to be right and not first, about how in this particular moment with the stakes as high as these stakes are right now, we can't afford to get it wrong. Uh, he's absolutely right about that. The whole getting it first thing is just dumb. I think more than that, though, with Brian Ross, it's I hate Trump. I have a particular point of view, and I'm willing to go with anything I've got. I hate Trump. I hate conservatives. I hate Republicans. Goldston went on to say that ABC News spent this weekend getting absolutely pilloried as a news division for reporting fake news. 250,000 tweets, he said. 1% positive, 99% negative about this news division. Two tweets from the president. Well, that's not saying that much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He gets but, a well, ham well, sandwich and the bread's soggy. He'll tweet about it. I think uh, w- w- what he would mean is two tweets from the president that were right. Oh, yeah. We gave him the opportunity to tweet two things that were accurate, calling us fake news. Gave him a club to beat us with. Uh, Ross, by the way, Brian Ross was suspended for an entire month. How he ever ends up broadcasting anywhere again? How do you not fire that guy? So I'm I'm watching uh, uh, Marie Harf. Remember her, the blonde chick that was a spokesman. I remember her. That is not what President Obama said. She was a State Department spokesman she under had Obama. The single harshest voice of any spokesperson ever employed in any level of government. I saw her over the weekend. Uh, she used to be the spokesman for the CIA. And she said, Brian Ross got our stories wrong all the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so maybe it's not Maybe it's not an agenda. Maybe he's just bad at his job. Well, so this is the guy who infamously said the Aurora, Colorado theater shooter was a Tea Party member because he had the name, he found somebody named James Holmes, which is probably a name held by 10,000 Americans. The president but of he a- rushed it onto, onto the airwaves. 
The president of ABC News continued to blast his entire news organization. If it isn't obvious to everyone in this news division, we have taken a huge hit, and we've made the job of every single person in this news division harder as a result. It's much, much harder. We have people in Washington who are going to bear the brunt of this today, and in the days forward, very, 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 very unfortunate, really, really angry about it. Wow. (laughs) So they suspended old BR just because they didn't want to fire him because that would create more headlines. I'll bet he ends up canned before his suspension's over. Uh, The ABC News chief told staffers that Ross would no longer be allowed to cover any stories related to President Trump in the future. He called his reporting just plain wrong. By the way, I've heard a bunch of of, uh, apologists and come across it on social media. Well, he got it generally right. Ross got it right. You're making a big deal on nothing. Well, the, the head of ABC News doesn't think so. He just plain got it wrong, he said, and it warrants a full review of the outlet's vetting processes. We just went on the air with that information, Goldston seethed. We hadn't approved doing that. And the thing that kills me about this is all we had to do was wait. We had to wait a few minutes. A few minutes after that, the charging documents came out. We know that those charging documents had come out, and we had looked at those charging documents, and the charging documents didn't match what we thought the story was. We have not gone with that story. Wow. Yeah, he was pretty mad. Oh, and he got to go on. He keeps going. He was wound up, obviously. Yeah. The thing that compounded our mistake, yeah, this is good, is that not only did we make a mistake, if we had then corrected ourselves right away again, we wouldn't be in this position. It would have been a very different story, but we ended up in the impossible situation where we had actually conflicting information that we said on the air, which conflicted with the information which was online, and then it took us seven hours, eight hours to get our story straight. Wow. This is not acceptable. It is not acceptable, and we will pay the price for a long time. Wow. That's some righteous indignation right there. Well, he's a guy that realizes for years to come, maybe forever for a lot of people, you hear a big story out of ABC News, you'll think, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of damage you do when, yeah. when, you allow, when you allow this to happen. Well, I would say Brian Ross is unemployable, except that Brian Williams is apparently employable. He of the delusions and or, well, grand lies. Yeah, I think what Brian Ross did is worse, not as weird, (laughs) right? but worse. Yes. You got the material information of maybe the most important story in America wrong. You, what, what he announced, if it were true, was earth-shaking. It was, oh, my God, we are going to have an impeachment, or something big is going to yeah, happen out maybe. of this. This, 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 is, this is possibly huge. And it just was wrong. Him, if, if he had said, you know, I was, uh, I was in Russia when I heard the news, and it turned out he wasn't in Russia. That's what Brian Williams does. <laughs> right. But it doesn't change exactly. the story. Any. I was in the middle of doing that weird Russian dance where you squat and- <laughs> Kick your legs out when I heard the news. <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. You know, I just... the fact that nobody's covering this is amazing to me. The, yeah. When when Barack Obama called Fox fake news, the rest of the the rest of the news media just said, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." Yeah, they're biased. It is. Yeah. it is. It's a fake news. When when ABC, Washington Post, New York Times, when they get caught in these things of making stuff up or being just completely wrong, and the president comments on on it like Barack Obama called Fox fake news, when Trump does it, oh, my God! It's a the, threat to the free it, press. attacking the free press. This, can't, this is what Hitler did. <laughs> so, you know, the whole thing's just so overheated. I mean, if they find something nasty, say so. Either air it for the American people to make the political decision, or if it's criminal, 
file charges. But I'm just getting tired of the. It's just the, 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 he took the, the, he talked to a Russian. He had vodka. He ate some borscht. It's an obvious evidence of ties. Listen, the idea of a, a president-elect or even a candidate reaching out to other governments and chatting with them is is far from unprecedented. It's common. It's common. Now, if they say, listen, I want you to uh, plant fake stories and uh, denigrate my opponent, well, Americans will look at that and think, okay, he's consorting with a hostile power to win an election. That sucks, and I don't like you anymore. That's fine. It's perfectly appropriate. But the idea that, for instance, if Flynn had, prior to the election, been instructed by Donald Trump, reach out to Putin and tell him, look, if I get elected, I want to have better relations because I think it'd be better for world peace. That would be perfectly appropriate. The Obama administration had asked them not to because it would confuse their foreign policy, which is a legitimate request. On the other hand, that legitimate request has been ignored over and over again through the years, if you know anything about American political history. So, God, well, everybody's just at such a fever pitch. Well, one of the reasons that would have been such a big story, if it had been true, was Trump had repeatedly said, they had all said, no, they never talked to the Russians before the election. True. And uh, so that would, that would, by definition, he's been lying about that whole story. Well, he's right. not. He hasn't been lying about that aspect of the story because Ross was lying. But, and again, from a political perspective, and listen, I'm not a professional political hack. I would say... I wasn't lying about it. I was trying to keep it quiet. I was trying to do it under the radar so that we could build a relationship before it was exposed to public scrutiny. I thought it was that important to build a bridge to to Russia to help out in Syria and defeat ISIS. So I was trying to keep it quiet. Man, that's quite that, a... Hey, maybe you think that's bull-ass. Maybe you don't. But off the top of my head, that's a perfectly reasonable explanation. I kind of was a leafy. Yeah, I know. I was happy to hear that the ABC News president blasting his team that way. That that makes me think the guy at the top, at least, wants to get it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he didn't put that out. CNN put that out. Somebody in the meeting leaked that to CNN. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't uh, give that speech for public consumption. It, it sounds to me like he wants to get the story right and knows how damaging it is if they don't get it right. Yeah. And, and what a blown opportunity, too, with ever, with the other news organizations being infested with creepy paws and one-button sex dungeons, right? This was this was a time for them to kind of separate be like, no, 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 come, come on to the serious network, right. look at us, right. and then they have this gaffe, which is just so damaging. Well, yeah. As I tweeted on Friday, or I guess it was over the weekend, with a picture of Brian Ross, yes, we're liars, but at least we're not perverts. We should, I mean, that's all they can claim at ABC at this point. Should hit you with this, though, since there's a, a number of people telling untruths around. He, last week for some reason, came out with, that's not my voice on the tape. Like I said, you can't say that. That is your voice. I was there. You were there. That's your voice on the tape. That's Billy Bush on Colbert last night saying that that is Trump. Trump had said it wasn't him. That claim by Trump that that wasn't him, that multiple sources are saying he's trying to get, that is bizarre. I mean, that's troubling. That's weird. It's scary. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Well, you got the video of him getting off the bus with Billy Bush, and it sounds like both of them in the conversation. So, mm-hmm. And he admitted to it at the time. Yeah, other than that, though, there's really little to tie him to it. <laughs> I mean, at the time, it almost blew up his candidacy. That would have been a good time to point out it's not you if it weren't you. I didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I became very sick with dysentery.
This is Travis. Yeah, he's running. Hey, come back here. Come back. Come back. I'm going to have you sit back down over here, okay? Take me home. Okay, we're going to take you home. Will you? Mm -hmm. Have a How seat back over here. Will you take me home? Mr. Carter, you're causing me. Take me home! Wow. <laughs> yeah! So that was the audio from a just-released video that Randy Travis, he was a country star in the late 80s, early 90s, music musician, uh, he got uh, he got pulled over for DUI back in the day, and uh, for somehow the video had stayed private all this time, somebody, TMZ probably, somebody like that has been arguing that it needs to come out. Oh, <laughs> the boy. public needs to see naked Randy Travis. Drunk. Drunk, yelling at cops. cops. Naked right. as a jaybird. Got this text. Holy bleep. I just watched the Randy Travis arrest video. I would not have known about it if I did not listen daily to the Armstrong and Getty no, show. No, grateful to, to be providing that service for you. Yeah. Well, we, we feel like we need to, to bring you this stuff. Um, he kept yelling at the officer, you're a dead man, while cursing at him. Oh, jeez. Randy. What uh, what did you observe watching this? Is is Randy Travis indeed naked? Uh, yes, not a stitch on him. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know of his his shoe apparel. Um, I don't know. It's very dangerous to be walking barefoot on the side of a road. So. On the road, I hope he had some shoes on. Um, but yeah, so he he uh, in a couple different times and infers that you know the, this officer is a dead man. Um, he wishes a, a disease upon him. Um, there's a specific disease yes. or just diseases? No, a specific one. Which one? Uh, the, the, the 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 big C. He oh, wants him he to get wants the, him to get cancer? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, Randy. Uh, there's Angry an, drunk. There's an interesting kind of moment of retrospection and, and reflection at the end where he's like, oh, I bet you're really enjoying making me wait like this. Pause, pause, pause. I suppose I would, too. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so. kind of Clint Eastwood ask. Did, does he, he explain at any point in his drunken ramblings how he came to be completely buck naked? That is not covered. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, I understand here, this was also just after an accident, so it could have, in addition to the drunken state, there could have been some sort of, you know, uh, head injury there, stuff. He has a, a, he has a pretty severe black eye. Is there a woman around? No. That usually leads to, uh... Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I, I hate to be childish about this, but the question, why are you completely naked, is, is to me a good question, because, you know, I'm naked from time to time, but it's in the predictable, uh, you know, Showers, situation. sex. Sure. I thought this interaction between the cops was funny. Um, I want to prepare you for something. Talking to his partner. The naked man sitting on the back of the fire truck. Uh huh. Randy Travis. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the naked man sitting on the back of the fire truck. Oh boy. But like I said last week, yeah. I I'm not for this video coming out. I don't think it's. I don't think. It's necessarily part of your punishment to have the world see you behaving like this. We didn't... An argument could be made it's appropriate. Well, we should write that into the law then. That part of your punishment for driving drunk is the video comes out and everybody gets to mock you. Mm. But it's not currently. There's a fine of whatever level and whatever you got to do. It's similar to the argument of when they put up billboards of guys who've been caught with prostitutes. Right. It's a pretty minor crime. And then they embarrass you to your family, friends, and coworkers. Sure, you could ruin a person's career, their entire re reputation. Which is a heck of a punishment for what is a minor crime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you want to make that the punishment for the crime, fine. But we should, you know, we should all agree upon that, I think. 
What if somebody gets arrested for DUI and the release the video and the guy's just utterly charming? He's cracking jokes. He's cheerful. He tells the cops, tell what? You guys are real pros. I'm going to donate to the police charity when, when this is all over. And he just ends up being charming. <laughs> what then? Anyway, so that's Go out there. Go for that if you get busted for DUI. That's out there. If, and uh, keep your pants on. If Alan Jackson gets all sauced up and oh. drives off somewhere, we'll have that for you tomorrow. Uh, top. Uh, it's the end of the year. I like end of the year lists. I've always been a fan. USA Today has the top ten albums of the year. I was going to look that over and see if there's any I should check out. You know, I, I really like that stuff, too. I like to hear it. It makes our job really easy as well, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. I've looked at a number of best books of the year lists because mm. I like to see what was out there. And I don't cotton to book learning, as you know, but. Uh, most popular uh, baby names of the year. For girls, counting up from 10, Eleanor, Penelope. Hmm. Eleanor is back. I have a uh, a niece by that name. Fabulous gal. It's funny how names come in and out of style. Yeah. Naming your kid Eleanor 20 years ago, 30 years ago, not a chance. Mm. There are going to be no Eleanors 30 years ago. Now, uh, Eleanor, Penelope, Evelyn, Aurora, Ava, Isabella, Isla. Marinda the Uz. Yeah. Charlotte. Amelia, and number one, Olivia. So of your top ten, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them end with an uh. Uh Uh-huh. For whatever reason. It's not Muhammad, as I had said earlier. Yeah, you lied. I said the number one one girl's name in America was Muhammad. (laughs) Muhammadina. Boys' names, top ten. Wyatt cool name. Silas, also a cool name. Yes, yeah, Silas is strong. Both of them old-timey. What's old is new, Jack. Back to you. Oliver. Oliver sounds like a kid who eats paste. Hello. May I have more? Uh, <laughs> or porridge. <laughs> Jasper. Another old-timey name. What's up, Jasper? I love that name. That, that is a cool name. For a dude, a kid. Number six, Milo. There you go. Number five, Theodore. Theodore? Yeah. Wow, I'll be damned. It's 1908 all over no again. No kidding. Number what is this? The olden days? Where's Marquardt and Otto? Number four. I wanted to name. We talked about this the other night. My yeah. kids were amused by this because I wanted to go with Mordecai. Yeah. Because that was uh, uh, Abe Lincoln's dad's name was Mordecai. And I thought that was a cool name. I came across it in a book. And but he was a rotten son of a bitch. My mom, it's a good name, though. I just said my mom when I met my wife. Hello. So calling, I Dr. Need Freud. A, calling Dr. Freud. <laughs> I need a tremendous amount of therapy. Oh, um, but my wife didn't go for Mordecai. Mm. Uh, so number four, boy's name is Ezra. I've never even heard that name. Oh, really? Ezra yeah. Pound? Is that Ezra? The poet? Okay. Is Ezra Pound Ezra? I'm almost uh, certain it is. Number three, Jack. I'm never, a fan of. Never heard of that one. Number two, Atticus. Ooh, Holy crap. Oh. Number one, Asher. <laughs> At, number Asher is number one? Yep, not Muhammad, as I had said earlier. Again, lies. Uh, what's coming up your news, Marshall? Robert Mueller's Trump investigation bill coming in. Boy, it's not cheap. GOP coming to grips with the Roy Moore reality and Time's 2017 Person of the Year nominees. We can handicap their chances of winning next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Randy Travis, I assume, clothed and not telling a policeman he should get cancer. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
So Joe has been watching the Randy Travis DUI video, which I think shouldn't have been released, but... I don't see how it serves the public interest to release it uh, in any significant way. And it is one of the most entertaining and hilarious things I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) The Today Show just played a clip. (laughs) They probably didn't play the clip I just saw where the drunk Randy Travis explains the power of prayer that explains to the cop that he will be praying he gets an enormous growth on his head as punishment. And the cop cracks up. Which does not calm Mr. Travis down a bit. <laughs> he begins to spit venom. Oh, God. That's it, rough. It is, it is hilarious. It is so troubling. You know, part of the argument... stupid. Part of the argument from his law team on, on trying to keep the video private is he had a stroke a number of years ago. He can't talk. And and, oh. and the lawyer made the argument that he can't defend himself. This is going to come out, and, and he can't say, yeah, but, or now I'm better, or... I regret or anything. Right. I'm not sure that's much of an argument. I could put out a statement. I'm, I'm not buying that. I, I don't think there's any serious purpose served by releasing no. this other than to humiliate no. Mockery. the Mockery, yeah. Right. And it's hilarious. Gotcha. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. It turns out that fast-moving wildfire sweeping through Southern California is now up to 45,000 acres. Officials say the wind-driven Thomas Fire in Ventura County is still at 0% containment, 150 buildings destroyed, 27,000 people evacuated. And boy, the costs are really adding up in the investigation. Special Counsel Robert Mueller says that during the first few months of his investigation, his office has spent more than $3 million looking into Russian election interference and possible coordination with associates of President Trump. Once again, you got to point out that with all the leaks that have happened and all this stuff from everybody, there's still no leaks showing, you know, the thing that people would call collusion right. happening, which makes you wonder. I'd like Mueller to come out and say, listen, I don't think there's anything going on there, honestly. We're just going to concentrate on Russia's attempts to mess with us as a country. Republicans, Democrats, independents, all of us. That's what we're looking at. That's our biggest danger. Yeah, of course. Is that they mess with all their all our elections from here on out. But the parties have 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 successfully whipped us all up into believing the other side are devils, and and that we're at constant threat of all that is good and holy being ripped from us by the other side. God, if Trump, I was about to say, if Putin has a sense of humor or 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 mischief, and he obviously he does. does, yeah, he's so going to no matter who it is work very hard. To help the Democrat next time around and hurt the Republican just so he can, you know, set everybody against each other in the other direction. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a great maneuver from his point of view. Republican leaders in Washington are pretty much coming to grips with the increasing likelihood that Alabama's Roy Moore will win his special election next Tuesday and join them in the Capitol. President Trump now endorsing more, looking past the allegations of sexual misconduct with Alabama teens. So it would seem that it's true what they shouted at the president the other day. It's true for a lot of voters. You would rather have a a child molester than a Democrat. Or you'd rather have a vote for your side. Yeah. Yeah. Than a non-child molester. Yeah. Which is interesting because the polls tightened. Uh, when the news all broke that he was, right. you know, doing what he was doing with right. 14-year-olds, which is incredibly uncool. 
And uh, he should be in jail for, or at least punched in the face. Certainly. And uh, But everybody's settled down now, kind of gotten over it and thought, you know what? When it comes down to it, I want my vote on my side. Yeah. And last I heard, he's got a six-point lead. Yep. A solid six-point yep. lead. And, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what I think. The people of Alabama are going to make that decision. To what extent do Democrats think this is awesome? They get to hammer that regularly for the next six years, maybe. Yeah, except they got so many pervs on their side. Well, they booted out Conyers, so now you just got uh, Franken, no. which he's not, that, he's, he's not, you know, getting with 14-year-olds. No, no. And we got a, a new CBS News poll that was released this morning and found 71% of Alabama voters say they don't believe Roy Moore's accusers. Okay, that's 71%. A, 71%. Wow. That's something. That's what I was talking about earlier, where we just don't believe in anything. That, that's I don't know how you overcome that problem when, when nobody believes anything in the media and nobody believes the FBI and just ah, that's that's trouble. And we've got Times 2017 Person of the Year nominees list now public. What is Time, Joe? Time is a website that for some reason they print on paper. It's called a magazine. Which uh, nobody under the age of 70 reads. Seems very inefficient. Why would they do such a nobody thing? Nobody reads the print version. Yeah, it's time.com now. They're trying to be a yes. website. But yes. what are their person of the year? They've been doing it since the uh, the 30s? Yeah, 20s? 30, 30, 1930s. It, yeah. it used to be a big deal. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it being much smaller deal at this point. <laughs> it's about as big a deal as if I announce my person of the year. I've decided it's... Uh, Oh, be me, be me, be me. Uh, I'm going to go Please with... Please be uh, me. Uh, oh, let it be me. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Dang it! Oh. That's my... That's Jack's person of the year. All right. The list, the list. Time, Inc.'s uh, list of uh, for person of the year nominees include President Trump. He won last year. Yeah, it's, if it's not President Trump, then you got to fold up and stop doing it. There's never been a more dominant single personality in, in since maybe Hitler. For, for world coverage than Donald Trump. Special counsel. And I'm not comparing Trump to Hitler. Just in yes, terms you of, did. Yes, you did. I heard it. Just in terms of the um, the number of times yes. it was on everybody's lips. I'm not a fan of Hitler. Right. Special counsel Robert Mueller's on that list of nominees, along with Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. The that's, that, that's, that's an interesting one. Mueller's yep. a reach because very, very little might come out of this. The hashtag MeToo movement's in there. North Korea's Kim Jong-un. See, that's, Jung- that's a great virtue signaling sort of choice right yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to th- I thought it would be something abstract, like the voiceless or like something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. North Korea's Kim Jong-un is on that list. Yeah, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick is in there, too. The president of China, Xi Jinping. The Dreamers are included on oh, this please. list of nominees. There's your winner. I'll, I'll, I'll buy the 100 printed versions of Time at my local grocery store and burn them if they do that. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin uh, Salman. And give, give that a year or ten. And Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, Who? the director of Wonder Woman. There you oh. go. Yeah, yeah. As person of the year? Oh, yes. that's stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. Don't great movie. Fine. Great, great director. <laughs> Whatever. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Having just seen the video, Joe's willing to nominate Randy Travis as person of the year. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> comedian of the year. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're going to talk to a Purple Heart U.S. Marine, Gunny Juan Cano, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, and one of the many, many people who's benefited in such an important way from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. 
Stay with us. And we'll do an update of how much money we've raised so far, which is awesome as we try to raise $300,000 this week. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't believe me, just watch. Quick text for you from the text line. Randy Travis has a pretty good body for what I assume is a 50-something guy. It'd have been a lot worse if he is morbidly obese or had moobs or something. But he's looking pretty good. Thank you for that intelligent comment. You, uh, well, you watched the video. I didn't even watch it. And this, I'm a 35-year-old. I bought a Time magazine last week. It was just the right thickness to lift my child's booster seat at the kitchen table. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason to buy a magazine. We're raising money with your help for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station assists the seriously injured returning home from war with immediate medical and emotional needs. Those suffering from post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, those undergoing physical or occupational therapy, and warriors who've been medically retired transitioning into civilian life. They open Freedom Station. It's a unique transitional housing facility that has all the services, all the camaraderie. It's working miracles in our service people's lives, and we believe in Warrior Foundation Freedom Station 100%. think you should, too. Uh, we have talked to uh, Gunny Sergeant Juan Cano before. Um, it's great to welcome him back to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Gunny, how are you, sir? Outstanding. How are you gentlemen doing? Uh, likewise. Thanks very much for being here. Um, we're trying. This is the first year we've done... You know, a week-long fundraiser for the entire Armstrong and Getty universe for uh, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. When, when people ask you, what is Freedom Station, what do you tell them? Uh, well, Freedom Station actually is my home. I was the first warrior that had the opportunity to uh, live here, thanks to uh, Sandy Lemkuller, the president. And uh, Freedom Station is a transitional housing that helps service members uh, transition from uh, active duty when they discovered that they can no longer continue on active duty because of their injuries, you know, injuries, illness, uh, or wounds. So this is a place they they get to come uh, that kind of gets them ready for the real world. And uh, and it fills that gap where in between getting off active duty and getting um, on the VA payroll, that there's quite a bit of a gap that can pretty much leave a, a service member um, in a serious financial crisis. Well, I know that gap sometimes tr- stretches to indefensible lengths, and it's incredibly frustrating. There's a lot of paperwork, but yeah, for those not familiar with that, that can be a terrible thing just as a warrior is being discharged. Absolutely, absolutely. It could be devastating. It can, And that's why, you know, sometimes we have a lot of homeless vets, you know. We have vets that, you know, find themselves, you know, I mean, your bills aren't going to wait for you. <laughs> They don't care, you know, what your situation is, you know, that they need to get paid. So that's where the, you know, the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, which uh, it's a local San Diego foundation, usually gets confused with the bigger national foundations. But uh, it's local to San Diego, but they provide, you know, they provide resources and care for military members all over the United States. we got sailors, soldiers, Marines that come from every state 
you know, in the union, and they provide, you know, the resources and care to help those service members transition, not only as service members, but they help the family members also. Well, for, for folks, I'm sorry, to, I was just going to jump in and say, for folks not familiar, uh, the Balboa Naval Medical Center in San Diego is a gigantic uh, military medical facility, and if you get hurt in the military and you're from Tennessee or Maine or Texas or Redding, California, there's a, a hell of a good chance you end up at Balboa, perhaps for years for your treatment so it's it's very much a national organization in that there are service people are from all over yes sir absolutely so you've been at freedom station for quite a while what do you notice as you as you see people show up fresh um uh and and how they grow or change in their time at freedom station well i'll, I'll put it to you like this you know like not only was I, I staff at, at Balboa Naval Hospital, but I was also getting my care there. And I was the first resident here at Freedom Station. And through the years, what I've observed and what I've seen is I've seen, you know, service members come and, and they move into Freedom Station, usually because they're defeated and, and something wasn't working where they were. I've seen service members that were on base housing with caretakers. You know, their injuries were so severe that they were suicidal, but they didn't have the means to actually commit suicide. So they, they retransition them to this to Freedom Station where they're able to be around, you know, their brothers and sisters here, you know, uh, and be able to adapt to people who are, are familiar with their situation. And then you see the, the transformation. You see the change from them being severely depressed to, to having a community of, uh, of service members who become, you know, brothers and sisters to them and help them through that transition. And eventually you see them, you know, go on from, you know, being severely depressed to getting involved with, you know, a, a purpose, you know, whether it be work, you know, uh, a recreational um, therapy like surfing or golfing, even relationships. I, I've seen quite a few Marines transition into, you know, successful jobs, marriages, and plenty of them have kids now. And they're doing amazing things where, you know, when you first see them, you, you would never see that transition. It, they look pretty defeated. I can but, picture uh, how that would happen. So you show up there defeated like you're, you're explaining, and then you start to get your legs under you, um, metaphorically, because some of them have no physical legs to get under them. But you start to get back on, uh, you know, on, on solid ground, and then you're in a position where you can help the next person that shows up that's new. Yeah. And, and helping other people, all psychologists know this, I've known it for a long time, helping other people is one of the most, you know, the healthiest things we can do for our own psyches. That's correct. Absolutely. And, I, and I've seen it. I've seen these, these young men, you know, come in here and, like I said, they, they're defeated. But, you know, by the end of the day, you know, they know that people around them that are suffering from the same situation that they're in, and they might have, you know, already accomplished some of those obstacles or those challenges those service members are going through. And at that being said, you know, that then they can relate to them and they say, okay, this is how you need to do this, sir. This is the people you need to talk to or these are the resources you need to go ahead and, and get a part of. And that's what Freedom Station Warrior Foundation is there. You know, the staff here are our family to us. They, they're here every single day. They're, they're engaged in everything we do. You know, I'll give you a small example. For me, you know, I, I concluded two careers, you know, when I got injured. And at the end of that, you know, I, when I could no longer be a Marine, I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And, and it was pretty tough. It's, it's pretty challenging when your identity is wrapped around being a Marine, you know, and, and it's tough. It's tough for all Marines that go through that. 
but I had to go back to school and the Water Foundation, you know, not only did they provide me help through tutoring, but they also provided me a computer and an office with a, you know, where I can print all my homework out. You know, they put, they you know what, Gunny, I hate to jump in. Class. I apologize for jumping in. We're down to like 25 seconds. Um, and sure. I know we're going to know. I know we're going to continue this conversation with you on Friday uh, because we, we want to. But we want to make sure everybody knows you can give to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Help them do this unbelievable, invaluable work. Just go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. If you can spare 20 bucks, do it. If you can spare 20000 because this country has been great to you, do it. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Gunny, great to talk to you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, brother. Let's do an update uh, when we get a chance. And uh, our goal is $300,000. Do it in memory of a loved one. Do it in honor of an active duty service person or a vet. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.